Good morning, and welcome to episode 51 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here. Today, my guest is Jillian Damborg. She is the creative director at Jillian Damborg Creative and also the creative services manager at Capilano University in Vancouver, British Columbia. Jillian is a ton of fun, and we get into some real good stuff in this interview. We talk about her childhood and how she loved typography and letter forms and would copy them down. She talks about her journey from graphic designer at Lululemon to creative director at Luvo and then on to her current roles and the transition of each of those steps. And the transition that we talk about the most has actually been one of the most challenging points in her career, moving from graphic design position to creative director and managing a team under her. We talk about the struggles involved with that. Jillian and I also find out that we have something in common on Halloween when we go around knocking on doors asking for candy, with kids of course. Um, we're both a bit nosy and we kind of have a peek around the other person's house and you know, just from the doorway, just to see what they got going on inside. And I think that's perfectly normal. And the last thing I'll say about this interview is really listen to the most influential project that Jillian shares with us that she's worked on in her career. Uh, it was when her time at Luvo, she got to spend a little bit of extra budget on something completely different than they had ever worked on before. And it was a comedic web series. That's all I'm going to say about it. You guys are going to love this interview. Jillian has tons of fun. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, Jillian Damborg. <laughs> Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hello, Jillian. How are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for being on the podcast today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. We'll briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, my name is Jillian Damborg. Um, my pronouns are she, her, <laughs> and I'm from Vancouver, BC, born and raised, unlike most of my friends out here from Ontario or Calgary or, you know, all over the United States. So born and raised in Vancouver, and mm -hmm. um, I went to... High school out here and ended up going to art school um, at Langara College and quickly realized that I was never going to be um, a very good painter. <laughs> or, uh, I Basically, I was like, I don't really want to be a starving artist, so yeah. I should probably consider something else. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the design class, it was sort of like a design basics class they had where you learned how to make color swatches with gouache. And like do things with macaroni, basically. Nice. Um, and I really, really loved that class, and so I decided to um, continue my education at Emily Carr, and I did the communication design program there many years ago. We won't say exactly how many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after that, I worked at a couple small agencies, doing you know all the all the fun brochures for banks and yeah. um, things like that. And uh, I ended up. Um, moving over to Lululemon as a graphic designer there when they had about 250 employees over on Clark Drive. Mm -hmm. Stayed there for just under five years. Um, and I think when I left, they were at 
1500 in that office there. So oh it's a big growth. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. Um, but I left there and ended up following the um, CEO, Christine Day, to Luvo Inc., which is a frozen food company. Mm-hmm. And I was the creative director there for just about three and a half years um, before starting my own agency, um, which lasted about a year and a half. I'm giving you the whole story right now. I want People it. Are- yeah, bring it. Bring it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was the creative director there, and I'm sure we'll get more into that, but um, I left to kind of pursue my own thing. I'd had some really amazing opportunities come up that needed more of my attention. And so I decided to start my own agency and that lasted about a year and a half before Mm -hmm. I decided that I was really lonely and depressed. And as a fairly outgoing person, Mm -hmm. um, I really needed to be around people. So I've actually spent the last six months and who knows how much longer, three to five years, you never know. Um, at Capilano University, managing their in-house marketing um, and creative team. That's cool. Full circle. Yeah, you're definitely a friendly person that needs to be around people. I get that right away. (laughs) Yeah, that lasted about six months before I was like, I feel sad and I can't figure out why. (laughs) Is it the The rain? Yeah, is it the rain or the the one-sided conversations I'm having with my very adorable dog? Yeah, there you go. Um, so I want to go back even further than that. And I want yeah. to hear about your childhood and what that was like. And do, if, do you feel you had a creative childhood um, that led you in this sort of art design path? Such a good, it's like a, th- a question a therapist would ask. Yeah, I have my notepad right here. <laughs> I start crying. Yeah, I'm just going to lie down on the couch. <laughs> um, I had really creative parents. So my dad... Um, was really into he's like a stereophile nerd like my his master bedroom was a listening room that's cool for me is so um super music played piano lots of you know dressing up and dancing and playing and being creative um people my brother and i is two years younger and my mom um, was really into film and movies and so between the two of them, um, we had a lot of support as far as, you know, when there was nothing to do, we would draw or, mm-hmm. you know, make up stories or um, basically it was a part of our everyday. And so it's not really surprising that um, I went into the career that I did. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I can see that. That uh, audio file room sounds fantastic because that's, <laughs> <That'd be cool. laughs> yeah, that's where sort of one of my little passions or hobbies is. Um, yeah. I definitely don't have a room, but if you want to sit in a room with my seventy-something-year-old father in the dark with a glowing Beethoven bus that he has set up in the center, <laughs> you can feel free to head over there. Are cigars allowed? Because I could be tempted. He's not. The other things, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Psychedelic. I like it. Um, de- <laughs> I will fantastic. not be sending him this. <laughs> okay, I will, will not let him know. Um, perfect. So then take us back to when you first started noticing design out in the world. What did you start to see? What did you start to see? I mean, other than like arts in general, I think mm-hmm. design specifically. Do you remember like Letraset? Uh, no. It, like it was alphabets on this sheet of, I don't know what it is, not paper, a plastic paper. And you would rub the letters and they would rub these perfect letters onto whatever other surface you were doing them on. So they, okay. they, you could buy an alphabet and then sort of play with the shapes and the um, letters to create other words. And I just remember being totally obsessed with with those. Um, and 
I was really into these weird alphabet books too from the library that my parents would buy or, or get for me from the library. And I would copy all of the typography out of this book, mm-hmm. you know, bubble letters and really weird versions of Comic Sans, I'm sure. And so I just remember being really into sort of letter forms in general. And then later on just noticing like old vintage signs and Vancouver and things like that. So mm-hmm. I just sort of started noticing that the other thing that I was really obsessed with was um, Halloween in general, which I think is kind of tied into design people's costumes and how they would put totally. themselves together. And then the other thing that I was totally obsessed with was like how other people arrange their homes. So on Halloween, I would get to look inside their houses yeah. and see how they arrange their furniture, the interior design sensibilities. And so, although I don't, don't, didn't go into um, much 3d or interior design work, um, I was definitely really, really obsessed with that time of the year. Cause I got to snoop on how people kind of organize their things. Definitely. <laughs> you know, now that you say it, I've never really thought of it, but when I go up to the door with my kids, I'm hundred percent like, <laughs> Kind of like peeking in and what do you got here? Just quietly creeping on everybody. Totally. Yeah. I feel like that also like arranging people's furniture. I mean, maybe I should actually be an interior designer. This is, I'm starting to think I might have need a. That's what we're all about here on the Quickie Podcast. (laughs) We're just opening doors. Exactly. (laughs) Got it. So I I don't think your answer is going to be looking into people's houses, but what is, what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Either something that you've seen or something that you've been a part of. Oh my gosh. Um, it's such a hard, it's funny. Uh, things that I've been a part of, I was like trying to think of this question, like do they influence me as a person or my work? And I think um, some of the, more interesting projects I've been a part of have influenced kind of how I do everything else. So one of the projects that I think has been the biggest would be um, actually a web series I did with um, some friends over at Kelly and Kelly, Mm -hmm. their creative uh, agency here. There's a lot of podcasts and video and they worked with me um, on a series of like a comedic web series for Luvo Inc. We had some leftover budget and we were like what do we want to do with this we want to do something fun and not take ourselves so seriously as a brand and so Mm -hmm. we got to art direct the scenes do the props um do the casting help write the characters like we got to do this whole side of something that i would never really been a part of which is the producing and um just being a part of that creatively and i think that that has influenced how I manage people, projects, um, how I think about a creative project. It's not just on the internet. It's not just in print. What's the experience of that and how could it translate to something like video? So I feel like that's probably one of the most fun projects and then therefore more influential things um, in my career. And it sounds like it's almost sort of shaped a, a direction and a perception moving forward, you know, of how you look at things. Totally. And also just the way that people talk about like an art director for film versus an art director for print and digital mm-hmm. and how, where the crossovers are and um, how they can influence each other. So I thought it was just a really great fun, totally like off the, just not something that we would have normally done for that brand. And we got to play. And I think that um, really good things come from that. Yeah. Sometimes the most corporate cultures just need to like a little bit of, a little bit of freedom now and then a little bit of creative yeah. expression. 
here's some money. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. it just I missed that. <laughs> cut me a check and we yeah. are good. <laughs> and working with friends too, right? Like being able to work with people you know and trust already and their abilities is also just, uh, it's always a real, a real pleasure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So the who is a designer or a brand that you look up to or closely follow? And what is it about them that you like? Um, this, I'm so bad with names. So then my, my immediate reaction is like, I'm just going to tell you about all my peers in Vancouver <laughs> yeah. that I love working, uh, watching and seeing what they do. Um, and there's so many amazing people in this city. So um, Kelly and Kelly, I already mentioned, they, although they aren't necessarily designers, they work in the creative sphere and they've worked with me. Um, Arithmetic, Margarita, Bora. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends Ross Milne and Grace Partridge, a lot of people I went to school with that are doing really great things like um, Alex and Bo over at Post Projects. They're doing like all the cool stuff I wish I worked on, but I don't for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then as far as brands go, like I'm really into female-led brands that are so a uh, couple examples of product brands and just how they tell their s- stories and speak to their customers and the design um, some of those would be Dame products. They actually make vibrators. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, that's amazing experience. Their website, like their social media channels, the mm-hmm. way that they are inclusive and speak, um, I don't know, my language, I guess. Yeah. It's been really amazing to watch them. And another one in a similar sphere, although slightly different, is Nick's Wear, which is like period pants. I'm just getting at all the ladies stuff. Period panties, hey. basically. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it up. And these are local, like in Vancouver as well? Dame is American. Okay. It's probably San Francisco or LA. And then Nix is out of Toronto. Um, and she, the woman who owns the company, actually started at, with a, one of those fundraising campaigns um, and raised a whole lot of money making this bra, this like crazy special bra. But she's moved into all these other things. And I just feel like they've, they speak to this sort of, feminist wave and with their designs and their inclusivity, but not by being annoying or kind of just jumping on a bandwagon. They've been Mm -hmm. doing for a while. So um, another awesome uh, brand that I follow, I guess it's a magazine is um, damn Joan and it's just got a great design aesthetic and I love the things they talk about and they always bring in different illustrators and designers to do their issues. So it's really fun to, that's cool. I haven't heard of that one before. Yeah. I like to think like I'm up on publications because I'm in the print industry. There's two two men. It's it's also online. But yeah, I can't keep up. So I'm I'm with you on that. Perfect. Yeah, those are great examples. Um, I want to talk about, so so the next few questions um, sort of take you down a part of your career where you maybe made some mistakes and learned some lessons. Um, And what I want to do is I want to share those stories and those lessons with the audience. Mm -hmm. So the next few questions are a little bit tough, but then I spin it around and we end in a good place. I promise. (laughs) So what has been one of the most challenging times in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Um, the most challenging adjustment for me or time was probably when I started working at Luvo and I went from being like a senior graphic designer at Lululemon, part of a really big team, Mm -hmm. lots of people above me to being um, the creative director and managing a team of 12, never having really actually managed anybody on paper. And Mm -hmm. so it was a little bit less of a design challenge and a little bit more of 
of uh, um, learning how to manager, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not necessarily what all creative people want to end up doing. Um, and it was also just learning how to balance um, my personal life and my work life. And I threw everything into work. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time at the office and I, you know, thought it my job was everything and my relationship failed because of it. We're married now, so it all worked out. But <laughs> Yes, you know, happy ending. <laughs> yeah, that was a happy ending. But I just, I thought it was sort of everything and was trying so hard and I had no balance. And so I think that was the most challenging time for me was A, learning how to be creative while managing creatives and B, figuring out that the job isn't the isn't the only thing at the end of the day and in fact is just one piece of a very long very amazing life yeah it's almost the higher you go in you know your career or in titles or however you want to call it um the more difficult it becomes to balance yeah um, because the more pressures you feel that you're under totally and one of my uh, previous guests just from a couple of episodes ago Sean Clausen um had mentioned you know the funny situation how the better you are at the design, at design, the more likely you are to become a manager and be pulled away from design. And it's like, totally. why, why are you taking me away from what I'm amazing at <laughs> to control people? Like when I'm not, not control people, but to like manage people. Oh, no, I, mean, I love control people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's perfect. What you wish you could do. It's just not possible. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> it's just, just this funny balance of how do you keep somebody who's very talented at design, yeah. designing, yeah. not trying to be caught up with managing and, you know, corporate structure. Yeah. And I think... I think everybody thinks they want to be an art director or creative director because it sounds sexy and it's cool mm-hmm. and it means more money and all of those things. And I wish that there was a, I, I don't know what some corporations do this. I'm sure they do, but um, I wish that they would recognize when people want to be leaders and or don't. And yeah. then you could still get more money after five years of working somewhere, three years, you can still grow in a company and learn, but you don't have to necessarily manage people. And I think mm-hmm. that especially as graphic designers, it feels like there's this trajectory, but it doesn't need to be that way. And it it really does. It seems as though a lot of graphic designers who are incredibly talented end up working for themselves so that they can kind of control um, how they grow and um, give themselves more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Because it is hard within the corporate structure to not just try and climb that ladder that they've set for us. But I actually really enjoy managing people. So I'm one of the maybe fewer creatives that <laughs> having a good time doing it just a control so tell us now about a specific designer project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result take us to that story what was that like and how did that feel uh it was a, i mean there's been so many things that i've screwed up i could pick many stories mm-hmm. uh more recently, I when I was working for myself, I um, had a really big project for an American brand, and it was hard. Basically, I'm the kind of person that does a lot of iterations of something. So when I'm doing a brand, I'll do like 30 or 40 different logos, and most of them are terrible. Mm-hmm. So I pick you know the three to five. And what happened was I was being managed by another guy who had been contracted by this brand. So 
there was a middle person in between it. And so everything just took so long and I gave them too many options. And of course they picked the one that I didn't want. And I had to work with that for the next three to six months while this project dragged on because there was, you know, 60 people in the room from three different groups managing the, it was, it was the longest, most painful project. And I had to work with something that I didn't even like. And I've learned this lesson so many times and I keep doing it again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just give one or two options that you really love. Yeah. Because I'll always pick the one that you don't like. Every time. It's inevitable. Yeah, it's inevitable. It's, like, it's a shock and a surprise <laughs> when they pick the one where like, wait, what? You like that one? No. That's the and one I, know I some love. People that I, that some friends of mine, they only give one option. And I'm like, that's crazy too. But there's, there's somewhere in the middle. And if you're only happy with one out of three, just give them one. Mm-hmm. So lessons learned. There's a lesson for anybody listening out there. Yeah. So in that particular situation, it was, you know, uh, there's too many people and you feel that too many people plus too many options just equaled, you know, dragging heels on all sides. Dragging heels. And when somebody says, uh, we need to turn this around in three weeks, really, it's it's always going to be three to six months. Yeah. Perfect. Three <laughs> weeks. Perfect. See you in six months. Yeah. Too <laughs> many people and uh, me just not narrowing it down enough. Mm-hmm. So right now in your design career, what is something that you're struggling with? Um, I think so right now I work two jobs with like so many people, the slash slash. I'm a, I'm the slasher. Mm-hmm. I'm working, um, my nine to five, uh, at the university at Capilano university managing the team. And then I'm, um, also still picking up freelance projects and, um, I'm tired. That's what I'm struggling with. <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's not, I wouldn't use the word burnout, but it's like figuring out how I can optimize the time that I do have and that I want to be creative outside of my job in maybe more of a consulting role or something that isn't as time sensitive. Um, Cause I still love being creative and I get to do it at my job. I still do the graphic design. Sometimes I still end up in PowerPoint and word. Mm-hmm. So sad. But I want to figure out, you know, how much time I could really be spending outside of my job to do some of those projects and Mm -hmm. um, just figuring out what that balance is, because um, I'm still sort of got my feet in both worlds. And it's that's not really great for either either side. Mm -hmm. Got it. So honest. I love it, Jillian. You can get Can't. that from me, no problem. That's right. Yeah, whether you want it or not, that's what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm turning this bus around here for you. Take us okay. to a project that you have been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that makes your heart sing, the biggest design feather in your cap. Uh, well, I would just say that I really love that Luvo Inc., mm-hmm. uh, the Lunch People project. It was um, really, really fun and felt like, you know, we got to kind of take it from the beginning to the end. But I think more recently, um, there's some projects that are happening at my work now at Capilano. We have a Mm -hmm. really amazing team. And, um, before I got there, they didn't really work collaboratively together as much. And so we've been in the last six months working on some amazing projects that are coming out in the fall and summer, late summer, Um, we have a new, uh, campus launching or like a satellite location for the university. And so the, the group get, got to work on the campaign together rather than, you know, working with agencies, which we've done in the past. And so 
honestly, the last six months has been a you know pretty big ride, but we've been able to sort of get this team to work together and mm-hmm. do things in a really amazing way. So I'm excited about some things that are coming. That's cool. You know, <laughs> I love really just like tease them a little bit. Just put it out there a little bit. Yeah, I think it's like it's less project based. You know, when I was looking, thinking about some of these questions, it's it's less about like a specific project or thing, and more about like a feeling or a time. And I I'm really enjoying um, the collaborative thing that's happening with my team right now. That gets me really excited. It's like getting them juiced up. That's what I love. Collaboration, happy days. <laughs> Um, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? Um, my group text threads with all of my friends. Does that count? Absolutely, it counts. You, know, you can like name them and stuff. Some of them have really bad names that probably aren't safe for work. Some of those are <laughs> you can't live without. So uh, my my iPhone, and then. Um, I think this is so boring, but obviously, into the management thing is Basecamp. <laughs> That's Perfect. it. I've had people say, um, uh, "What's the one that starts with an S?" It, uh, maybe think of Asana. No, 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 no. Slack. Um, that's the one. There you go. I was going to say Skype, but no, that's not right. That's what we're on. Slack's great too, but I work at a you know university organization where there's certain things that we haven't uh, hooked on to yet. So uh-huh. um, I will. I need somewhere that I can see where everything is happening and have all the communication in one place because email gets out of hand. Oh, easily out of hand, really quickly. <laughs> so the this most is... boring answer ever. This project <laughs> management software. <laughs> nice. So this is the. Ask it forward question. Now, as I had mentioned at the beginning of the show, I haven't quite got that ask it forward question for my last guest to ask you. Um, but the guest before them asked one that I think you're going to dig. So I'm going to ask you the same question that they asked. Okay, great. And that question is on a piece of paper that I can't find right now. <laughs> yes. You're as prepared as I am. This is great. <laughs> I literally got out of the car and came down here. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants. Oh, I remember the question. <laughs> I'm still wearing my shoes. <laughs> uh, the question that the previous guest wanted to ask was, do you know who designed the Nike swoosh logo? Oh, my God. No. That's uh, awful. It was you know? Carolyn Davidson. It was a female? Female. That and, is great news. And that is why she wanted um, me to ask that because my last guest was Candy Brophy um, from Melbourne, Australia. Amazing. And she is, uh, part of her passion is pushing um, more education around female inventors, female designers, what women yes. have done in history. So, Speaking my language. Yeah. So she is, you know, big props with that. It was Carolyn Davidson in 1971. That's awesome. Created Thank the swoosh you. logo. So Jillian, you've made it to the lightning round. I've got 10 random Ooh. questions and I can already tell you're going to rock these. So are you ready How for the How much lightning? editing is going to happen is what I'm just kidding. A Go lot. I'm just going to hit explicit <laughs> right on this. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. You're ready to go here? I'm ready. All right. What is one of the nicknames that only your parents would know for you? Uh, everybody knows it. Jelly Bean. Oh, I didn't know that one. Okay. No, but uh, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Texting or a phone call? Texting. What animal would best describe your design style? Uh, hummingbird. Perfect. Okay, now I'm going to twist this one for you. What animal would best describe your management style? 
oh, uh, I need like a, a a dog that just won't give up the bone, like a German Shepherd, <laughs> <laughs> but not mean, like a nice one, like a nice one, a puppy but, German but, Shepherd, a protective one, but just nice. <laughs> yeah, like a puppy, like a one-year-old German Shepherd with really good training. Excellent. <laughs> I love how specific <laughs> it is. You can have one superpower. What do you choose? Uh, um, to fly. Um, so you said you had your phone beside you. Mm-hmm. In one or two words, describe the last picture you took on your phone. Oh, my gosh. Not safe for work. <laughs> Enough said. You <laughs> uh, can't hear this either. <laughs> Uh, ask for permission or ask for forgiveness later. Forgiveness. If you were on the show Fear Factor, would you choose to be covered in spiders or eat live bugs? Wow. Did they have to both be bugs? Because this is ridiculous. 100%. Yeah, they do. If it, Okay, bugs. I'll eat the bugs. You'll eat them. Yeah, not as long as it's not a spider, in which case I choose nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off the show. A last question here. If you can only choose one Adobe Suite product to use for the rest of your career, what is it? Uh, InDesign, I guess. All right. And the bonus question I'm just going to toss in because it's my favorite question to ask in the lightning round. On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at bowling? Ooh, like one being never not good, terrible, and 10 being like a professional bowler? Yes. 7.5. 7.5. It's probably like a two, but I'm not bad. (laughs) Oh, Jillian, that's a wide range. I don't know what to believe anymore. Okay, we'll go. We'll go. We're going to go with super honest and it's a six. That's still good. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to test this out. (laughs) Oh, Jillian, that's fantastic. Now, uh, I gave you a little bit of time. What is your ask it forward question for the next guest? Um, Ooh. Biggest fear when it comes to the design career, like what are, I don't know, what are you worried about? Or like what's holding you back? Mm. So biggest fear related to design or your design career? Yeah. Or design career specifically? Design career specifically. All right. Perfect. So Brene Brown of me, what's holding you back? Uh Uh-huh. Totally. Gosh, (laughs) something my wife would say. Yeah. (laughs) Brene Brown. Here's her new book. (laughs) <laughs> she has a you can watch her netflix series so that's a little it might be easier let's go to the ted talk give me the 10 minute give me, there, give me exactly give me the goods yeah. <laughs> jillian you made it to the end of the quickie podcast <laughs> thanks thank you so much for being on the show it was awesome having you it was really fun i appreciate it and hopefully i haven't embarrassed anybody else other than myself ah uh, don't worry about it <laughs> life goes on All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, everybody. I hope you have an awesome day planned ahead of you. Please take 60 seconds right now, if you can, and head over to iTunes and leave a review and rating for the podcast. I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow.